I'll come back. 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 I mean, when I took classes back at OSU, but those kind of sucked. If I were recommending someone studying Japanese, step one is Tai Kim's Guide to Japanese Grammar. That will actually teach you how the fuck the language works in a way that makes sense and, like, focuses on building you up like a native speaker rather than the stupid, let's teach you conversational phrases so you can go over there ASAP. Okay, yeah, that's what they taught me. Two books. I have two books that did that. One of them's for kanji, the other one's for actual speech. The book I had has showed Hitler returning someone's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Japan be like that. Speaking on that fucking note. <laughs> hi. Five, four, three, oh, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Barcast, where the bar gets lower every single week. Your bartender for this evening will be enigmatic otaku. En en enigmatic what? Flamenworfer. Yes. Ravage. No hablo español. And we got Tony filling in since we're down to two people. Quiero morir. My name is Flutter Priest. Please kill me. And we have a very special guest this week. We are continuing BronyCon Month. This week we have the wonderful Dex joining us. Hi. Now, as you guys know, we are a community-oriented podcast. Well, let's do a quick rundown for those who may be tuning in for the very first time. Um, you guys end up requesting the guests. We politely ask them to come on. Then you guys ask them the questions, and we make them miserable for two hours. That's how this shit's going to go. We also take 100% of all proceeds of everything we do with our podcast and donate them 100% to charity, but more on that later. We're streaming live on Twitch right now, but if you happen to miss the entirety of the cast, you can be more than welcome to catch it on places like iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, that whole mess of places. Of course, it'll also be uploaded on YouTube. Um, we have a lovely bunch of people that are watching the Twitch chat, but we are not going to accept questions along the lines of politics, religion, or personally identifiable information. Because we care about our guests, and we just don't care about you that much. JK. We also have a drinking word. If you hear the words anime and or sunbutt, you be sure to take that drink, because it's gonna be good. Write your wounds now, responsibly. Anime is the word you drink on if you want to die. It's true. So write your wills. Uh, guys, uh, looks like the stream went back to Fiora stuff. What? What are you talking about? It titled under Fiora and whatnot, probably. Um, oh, no, there we go. Never mind, mine was being weird. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. <laughs> Give me a heart attack, man. <laughs> it, 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 it was ours, and then it went back there for a second, and the chat was like, what the fuck was going on? So. Yeah, I'm still seeing it on Fiora's on my end. Let's see if F5 fixes that. Yeah, just refresh. Well, what's weird is I checked it, and it was us. Yeah, it yeah. never switched it back. Um, let me do this. <laughs> Remember, folks, podcasting is easy. It says yeah. no channels being hosted. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it this. It says that. Good, 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 good boy, Travis McElroy. 
<laughs> I can tell that Twitch is going to be very cooperative for us today. T technical difficulties is our game, people. Hey, so long as you don't have to re uh, reinstall Windows like I did over the last two days. Well, you may not have had to do that. You may have just had a bad program. <laughs> no, I couldn't get the driver, and it wouldn't let me boot in. It wouldn't even let me boot into safe mode, man. Jesus what is Christ. wrong with your computer? That sounds <laughs> like a bad... It was that fucking driver. It was a driver, and it was specifically for my graphics card, I think. If you couldn't um, boot into... And it fucked it up, so... Okay. Whatever. Yeah, I looked at research. None of that is important. <laughs> We're here to actually interview a guest. I'm trying to fix things on the fly. But that said, let's interview Dex, because that's what we're here to do. So, um, Dex, we'll start with some basic actual interview questions before you throw you to the wolves. Uh, Yay, wolves. First question. Uh, just, just a real basic rundown. Uh, who are you and what do you do in the fandom? Uh, my name's Dexanth. Um... A couple years ago, the answer would be, I'm a fandom nobody who somehow writes fanfic on occasion, but then things happened, and I started volunteering for a bunch of cons, and more things happened, and suddenly I found myself chairing BronyCon, and it was all very confusing at the time. And now it's less confusing and more existentially terrifying. Yes, let's go with that. Yay! So how did you personally get into the fandom? Way back when, all the way in the ancient, ancient days of season one, I started seeing all these horse avatars prop up everywhere. And I went, why the fuck is My Little Pony showing up on somethingawful.com? Because goons are many things, but fans of girly cartoons is not typically one of them. So that led to watching episode one, which led to episode two, and then Pinkie Pie had her moment in which she broke into song, and I was like, oh god, not this. And then Rarity said the exact same thing. And that's kind of when I went, huh, there might actually be something here. And it was and all of, downhill from there. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. All right. Uh, the next question would be, and this one's a really interesting one, given your exposure with BronyCon, obviously. Um, the fandom's obviously very large, and it's a, it's a overwhelmingly large community with all sorts of art, uh, fan fiction, um, you know, music, and, and obviously conventions. What part do you consider your favorite? What keeps you in the fandom? People, friends. I mean, you know, that's like the first con I ever went to was dealing with anxiety all the way up until I got in the car, basically, that no, I shouldn't be doing this, let me just turn around and not, and then I met people, and I met more awesome people, and that kept happening, and uh, now it's just like, I've got so many th friends through the community, I've seen so many amazing things happen as a part of it, that uh, that's what keeps me, you know, among everyone. My personal section that I would consider where I'm from, film fiction, and then a bunch of the artists are good friends, so I guess... Art and writing are my two segments. Awesome. And then everything conventions, because, yeah, once you start staffing, be very careful. You might not be able to stop. Yes, the ride doesn't end as far as, um, as, far as volunteering at conventions. But surprisingly, the ride is ending for BronyCon. And it, it, especially with you know the long tenure that it's had, is there anything that you personally would have to say to those who have gone to the convention for so many years and are ready to enjoy this final BronyCon? 
I mean, honestly, you know, I'm just going to steal some words paraphrased out of the mouth of Josh Dean, which is, yeah, we can give you all, you know, panels and events and a vendor hall and all those things that are cool. But what's valuable about BronyCon are the people who come to it and the stories they make together. You know, we just provide a space, but I'm willing to bet that if almost everyone talks about what's their favorite memory of BronyCon, yeah, some of them will be, you know, on stage or where you met a VIP or whatever, but a whole lot of them are just going to be about the friends you made and the fun times you had together. And that lasts regardless of whether, you know, we exist as an event or not. Oh, yeah. Totally yeah. true. And then, last but not least, before we open up to viewer questions, who is best pony? Sunhorse. Oh, no! Do you mean Sunbutt? Mm. <laughs> That's a trick question because she's she's more human than Pony nowadays. Do you think Sunbutt should have her own anime? Well, that depends. I mean, I'm referring to the Princess Sunhorse, who is, I guess, maybe more human than Pony these days. I haven't kept up with EQG. So, how does this drinking thing work when the secret words get said? Uh, it's it's pretty much an honor system. Like, gotcha. If cool. We're not. It, it, sometimes we're like. Hey, Pee Playhouse! I'm like having a great time, but you know, a lot of times we're just trying to move through the questions because you have so many questions today. Holy crud! I gave them a brief look and then decided to promptly forget them all because it would be more fun going in blind. Oh, oh! Well, I hope you like blindfolds because it's about to get weird. Yeah. We're going. I I, I miss I misheard you. They said, "Do you like blind foals? Like <laughs> children, children, horses no. are blind." Okay. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Snowdrop is my OC. Snowdrop is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Number one, we're going out to Stetton out in our film fiction thread. Um, I, I suppose we're also taking questions from the chat. If anyone's going to ask that question, we can totally grab and ask that question. Um, number one from Stetton. What is your favorite meal, snack, or food stuff that is really unhealthy, but just so good? <clears throat> I mean, pizza's the obvious go-to there. And then just, like, milk chocolate in general, Snickers bars, Reese cups, you know. Mm, I could eat it all day long. But in the end, cake. Birthday cake, specifically. Oh my gosh, okay. what kind of... Your snowdrop is your OC? Snowdrop is... <laughs> Uh, what kind of cake? Either vanilla or yellow, homemade icing, you know. Mm. No, Basically, I'll say the cake my mom makes on birthdays, because that will always be my favorite. Aww. None, of that, none of that 99 cent funfetti BS. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is definitely the homemade icing, and mm, I can just devour those. Speaking oh, of devouring... We have a question from the chat asking, how big is your dick? Or metaphorical dick? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, how best to answer that? We've had a lot you know, of... I'm more, I'm more into, like, Toms and Harrys instead of dicks, but honestly, <laughs> since I'm gay, I don't really have any boys around me, you know, that are big and so on. So, like, non-existent or small or whatever word you want to pick, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Moms or Harry's? Harry as an H-A-R-R-Y or no, H-A-I-R? No, as in Tom, Dick, and Harry. 
Yes, it's it's a turn of phrase. It's a clever twist on on the question in order to avoid answering it straight up, and and subvert people's expectations and hopefully make them laugh. No, you you <laughs> yeah, Nygma. you very much just, succeeded. Just ignore Enigma, please. Ah, uh, where's the fun in that? No, well, no. technically, Enigma is our punching bag, so you can totally make fun of them. We're totally okay with that. Number two. What is the biggest or weirdest fear that you have? Hmm. Biggest would be totally fear of heights in the right circumstances, because, yeah, falling to your death, not fun. Weirdest, the ocean. Specifically, the deep ocean. Specifically, there's big shit down there. Why the fuck are people going where they're not meant to be? <laughs> don't wake the deep monsters. <laughs> are you telling me you don't think the goblin shark is cute? I'm telling you that squids are cephalopods, and cephalopods are fucking smart, and they're just waiting until the day they rise and devour us all. So stop antagonizing them. Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Cthulhu yeah. So you're saying, you're saying that AI is not as much of a threat as squids? So, yes. do, what, what, this makes me wonder what your opinion is on tentacle porn. <laughs> all right. This, this turns into story time. I used Please. to read in Japan in high school, and the host family that I stayed with would take <clears throat> great delight in taking these little tiny octopuses and consuming them whole in front of my horrified visage. <laughs> <laughs> I like this family. When I go back to Japan and I mention that tentacles creep me out, pretty much everyone will try and order something tentacly at a restaurant to devour in the most, like, overtly horrifying manner they can come up with. <laughs> because Japanese people love squicking out Americans when they find out that they can. Is this Room 101? No, this is out of my Japanese animes. No, oh, Jesus. No, I'm completely serious about that one, too. That's not oh, a joke. Like, oh, I have had it happen again and again. It's hilarious, so I lean I, into it. I believe it. That's so great. <laughs> Number three. I wasn't pausing for dramatic effect. I just had it on. Why is bag milk the best milk? <laughs> It's not. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. You are a true American. Proper milk comes in either a plastic or uh, what? What is it? Not paper. Cardboard. Cardboard. Carton. Yes. Yes. Cartons. Carton. Number four. What is your one annoying habit? So something that annoys you a lot, or something that you do that just drives people up the wall. Procrastination. <coughs> Definitely procrastination. I have, what, three weeks to pack up everything and move to a new place, and I have done zero packing yet. That's going to be... Oh, well, no. you can always get it later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could just hide... Like the stress will rise high enough that it overcomes the procrastination monkey. Get some of those Bronycon gophers to just come and help you. <laughs> I do have staffers in central Ohio. Oh, mm. shit. Priest, <laughs> oh, what have you done? I'm a bad influence. Alas, since it's not official con duties, I would have to bribe them with unlimited food and beverages. Not unlimited. Just say, okay, fine. Just say there'll be beer and pizza, and then you can drink all the beer and eat the pizza while they carry you and stuff. Like, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you never had to specify it. Unless it's cake. Speaking Unless it's cake. 
She has a cake vault. Any pony who goes in, that's the one way you get exiled from Equestria, robbing the cake vault. I have I mean, a story guys, that I'm reading like that. You guys give me the idea that Celestia only feels alive again if she eats cake. <laughs> now, Celestia feels alive when she gets kidnapped by villains. That's why it happens so often. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds more like it's her kink. I'm pretty I'm sure she's into it, it at this point. I don't said, see a difference. Celestia said herself, there's no wrong way to fantasize, okay? Speaking of cake, the next question is, what is the theme song for your sex life? The way to demonstrate this. Where is the chat? I am, damn it, I'm not logged into Picardo. Well, while I'm signing in. Uh, Love Live, basically there's a lot of music-focused ones that are real-life anime hybrids, so they actually perform on stage as well, and those are like catnip to me, because good music. And cute girls, and I am hella gay. Yay! <laughs> Yay. What can I say? They bait lesbians on purpose. It's kind of evil, and yet you enjoy being catered to so much, you kind of just accept it and give them all your money, and then you keep on giving them money, and then you give them more money, and then you're like, oh god, I could have bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need rehab. I had the exact same thing happen to me with Magic the Gathering, so I totally understand. Oh, I regret nothing. Good. Good. No regrets allowed. Speaking Just of regrets, that... oh, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please. Oh no, no, that's go ahead. Um, speaking of regrets. Speaking of regrets, thank yeah. you for jumping back in, everyone who's catching it live. For those who are catching on YouTube, we had a technical hiccup, but we're back in business. Um, we'll jump to number seven from Stetton. Just how big is your stash of porn? <laughs> I don't know, what makes things a stash, exactly? Well, it's not hair that's grown on your face, that's for sure. Nope, got rid of all of that. <laughs> so maybe a pile of magazines, or maybe, you know, that special secret folder that no Actually, one's allowed to know, you know about? In, in purely physical terms, it's sub-microscopic. Oh. In, in, in data terms, I don't know. But we'll go with sub-microscopic in physical terms. <laughs> okay. Or microscopic somewhere in there, you know? I don't exactly know. Uh, hard drives, etc. That's not to say I have multiple hard drives of porn. I do not have multiple hard drives of porn. <laughs> sure. That's what they That's all to say, I don't actually know how much physical space on the hard drive would be involved for whatever illicit materials I may or may not be in possession of. Mm. Fair enough. Hey, you know, I may run a run for president someday. It's important to think <laughs> 30 years from now, someone would totally turn this interview up if they could. I think that's totally fair. And we'll, yeah. we'll leave that and we'll move on forward. Terry the Human has more questions for you, my friend. What is your favorite MLP episode? I think I'm still going to give the soft spot to Friendship is Magic Parts 1 and 2 because that's where the whole ride began for me. And there's just sort of that element of, like, it all began here. Huh. Fair enough. 
Otherwise, hmm, you know, other top ones that I will always love. Season 1 just has so many. You've got Dragon Shy, you have Sonic Rain Boom, you have Cutie Mark Chronicles, which was definitely the most anticipated episode I've ever had. Um, but yeah, in the end, when I think, like, what is my, where my soft spot is, it pretty much always comes back to episodes 1 and 2. Cool. The next question that we have is a deep one. What is your favorite memory as a brony? Gods, I can't pick one. And I've got plenty of stories. Uh, don't think I can share that one, though. Oh, if it involves naked bodies, we definitely want that story. It doesn't involve <laughs> naked bodies. <laughs> It's more, it's more like, you know, when you've worked a bunch of cons, you've had the opportunity to sometimes meet people behind the scenes, and then ah. there's a little line between, you know, what you're able to talk about, because people are people, and there's, you know, stuff that they wouldn't necessarily want there. So, like, I can think of things that are contenders for favorite memories, but, um... There's just so many to pick from that it's, like, impossible. I don't think I can pick one because that's like saying who's your favorite friend. Fair enough. Fair Ooh. enough. But speaking of favorite friends, number three. Oh, who, Jesus. who is worse, Zephyr Breeze or Spoiled Rich? Spoiled Rich by far. Zephyr Breeze is like an annoying kid who needs to grow the fuck up and stop being so self-absorbed, but he doesn't intentionally fuck people over. Spoiled Rich, on the other hand, enjoys spreading misery, and that is probably the one thing that uh, upsets me more than anything else, is people who are being assholes just to be assholes. Oh no, why did you come on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's different calibers of asshole. We're good assholes? Exactly. Awesome! Is that You're assholes class. with at We're least classful. one redeeming quality. We we Look. try to regularly bleach. Look, <laughs> we're controlled. Exactly. There you go. We only beat up on Enigma. No anal seepage here. <laughs> Diddly. <laughs> Number four. What are barrier? We got some questions for you regarding shipping. What is your favorite male female, male male, and female female ships? All right. Let's see here. First off. I'm gay as all hell, so that kind of ruins both male-male and male-female. But male-female will take Caden's shining armor because, hey, you know, it's canon and it's an easy cop-out answer. Male-male... Mmm... Brayburn x somebody, probably Big Mac, just because that's the obvious one there, and I have, well, I'm making myself pick something. Uh, cousins. Brayburn and a penis, pretty much. <laughs> in a penis? Is this There's one artist out there who's a super friendly, wonderful person and who has totally just kind of cornered the market on male male shipping. Took the hypothetical word right out of my mouth. <laughs> female female. Shout out to Monochromatic and doing a really good job <gasps> on selling Rarit's Why. Uh -oh. Oh, Mono is so great! Like, the second you said monochromatic, I knew where it was going. Yeah, yeah, no, like, right, we had Rarity's podcast mm. before. 
So, but I would say my personal favorite one is probably Chrysalestia. Chrysalestia. That is a good ship. It's what? because it has so many different relationship dynamics it can go through. Although I must, uh, I would say, go ahead, go ahead, and then I'll explain my view on it. Is it because they're both tall and horny? No. Wow. No, no, no. My my favorite is probably the one where Chrysalis is evil just because. It's not that she necessarily wants to be evil. It's that it's the only thing she knows. And so she keeps on doing things like trying to poison and maim and otherwise kill ponies because they get in the way of what she wants. Which is, you know, whoever she's in love with. The, totally stealing that shamelessly from fanfics that wrote Chrysalis that way, and it was bloody hilarious. Mm. I... <laughs> that... It's like, she, she's just, like, clueless. She's like, of course I put poison in Luna's coffee. Why wouldn't I get rid of her? <laughs> then there's one less pony to, like, divide your attention between. That's really cool. I, I was <laughs> thinking more of, like, a Lilo and Stitch thing. We're like no, no. Like, it's just that like she responds to everything with murder, and doesn't understand why murder is wrong, and has to be taught that murder is bad, and we do not do that to ponies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, send this link. I want to read this story now. <laughs> yeah, please. It's uh th that one's actually Twilestia and Chris or not Twilestia. Sorry, Twistless. Twistless. Yeah. Can we just but, call it Twizzler? Sure, it's Twizzler. And Chrysalis tries to kill Celestia and that a whole bunch of times to get her out of the way of Twilight. Mm. Oh. It's great. That's questionable. Yeah. That's, oh, please, go ahead. It's something like the trials and tribulations... No, wait, that's a sunbutt. That's a Twilestia story. Yeah. Changeling courtship rituals. That's the one I think I'm thinking of, maybe. Oh, I remember that one. That, I think I remember that one, yeah. More like I remember it being featured for like three fucking weeks straight. It must have been good. You sound jealous, Flame. <laughs> no, man. I'm just fucking nasally as hell right now because I'm, I'm getting over seeing sick. Good for you. Number five. Yes. Uh, how much of a Mary Sue is Flurry Heart? She's the princess of explosions. She's not a Mary Sue at all. It's I, just oh. that she manifested her aspect upon birth and probably started blowing shit. I think that's really fair. I think Fiora the Tank Girl just, like, twitched somewhere. Yeah. She she calls herself the Prince of Explosions, but I tell you what, I, I agree with you. Well, look, Flurry has a clear, dedicated track record that mostly she's good at eating, sleeping, you know, making cute noises, and making things explode. I think that's all she's ever done in the show. Yeah, but have you seen the baby? Stop. Exactly. Stop. Babus are evil. But have you seen the town bike? <laughs> Number <Yeah>. six. <laughs> Number six. Is Flurry Heart a demon from hell? I mean, while I've read that fanfic, and it was actually pretty fucking funny, I'm gonna have to go with probably not. Okay. Number seven. Which is the better story? Fallout Equestria? Or Project Horizons. Oh Jesus Christ! Neither. Boom! <laughs> Get out! Get out! Here, here's gonna be here's gonna be my controversial opinion of the night. I do not like anything Fallout Equestria related because I feel like it misses the point of both Fallout and Friendship is Magic. 
Dex, no. you can stay. Thank you you can stay. No, no, no. 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 Dex no. is right, and you don't want to hear no. the truth. No, no, no. no. Lies and slander. How would you know? How you become your enemy by telling you the truth? Fallout is a shitty post-apocalyptic world that is mostly played for laughs. And Friendship is Magic is a world of sunshine and rainbows in which friendship is literally the most powerful thing in existence. Fallout Equestria doesn't really have either of those present. And it just kind of doubles down on the grim, dark backstory a little too hard. I'm not but saying I... that it doesn't have comedic moments. I'm just saying that it's sort of like people who own Warhammer and miss the point about how Warhammer was kind of a parody. But I've marked some settlements on your map that eat friendship. Eating friendship is kind of the opposite of the purpose of friendship. He <laughs> said eating friendship! <laughs> But it sounded like eating. Like eating. Yeah, it sounded like you said eating. That's so like, I mean, they go to a couple of cannibal villages, so... See, and if you, like, for an entire party of friends, you've been eating their friendship in a way, so... What is happening in this cast? Alright. I've been on the internet for too many years. You can stay. Number eight. Do you like ponies that have fetlocks? Mm, you know, if Unshorn Fetlocks magazine was a thing, I'd probably have a subscription to it. Ooh. Mm. What can I say? When they pose with them, like, cute little, you know, shaggy Fetlock classical unicorn style, heck yes, that's my jam. This, your answer makes me think that you have a subscription to Hornhub. I do not. Speaking of porn, he's got a nice horn. Real porn is not my shtick because too many people end up like getting hurt by it. That oh wow, that's really true, actually. Yeah, I don't In, understand, but okay. Like, like, just it's basically like there's a lot of porn out there that's people were in it because they needed the money, that kind of thing, and it's no. like I prefer porn that was created by people who wanted to make porn because they were horny as fuck. Uh, okay. Agreed. The passion. I, I, I think you. I think you guys missed my joke because I didn't say porn hub. I said horn. He said horn. Yeah, he said. Ah, uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, like, I admire a good horn now and again, but what's he gonna do with that spatula? Horns aren't soft to the touch like adorable kitties and feathers and you know pony manes. That was the word I was. Yes, you're a good kitty, Amelia. You're fluffy and soft. Number nine. If you would you date Princess Luna if you were a pony? If I were a pony, would I date Luna? It depends on the spin on Luna. If it's canon Luna, probably because she'd be basically any Luna that's just a huge dork. Yes. Any Luna that's like, you know, one of those super serial, uh, grimdarky, brooding Lunas, not so much my jam. I'm into dorks. Dorks. Now then, we have questions from Coffee Minion, who starts off We're gonna with... skip town. What? We're gonna skip. Oh, I'm being asked about a train, and the answer is I have no particular feelings one way or another, because... It's not a happy party train, which it's, is the only train. 
it's also a two minute long video and we're not gonna spend oh, two yeah, minutes no. doing that. It's not the happy party train, so Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, number one from Copy Minion is given your position as an organizer of BronyCon, you must also be in a position to observe some of the strengths and challenges facing the Brony fandom in 2019. What are some noteworthy strengths and challenges of the Brony fandom in its current state? Alright, this is an interesting one which I will actually answer seriously. So, as someone who has been in the fandom basically since it all began, we plateaued around 2015. And the fandom has been, you know, on a slow, I'm not going to say decline, but a slow compression since then. So the biggest challenge of the fandom, I would say, is managing transitioning from a fandom that is having active new content created for it to basically like the Star Trek fandom in the 1970s. And figuring out how to maintain, you know, the friendships and the people and what we care about and organize around while also accepting that, you know, G4, officially at least, has had the curtain dropped, you know, and that any further content is going to be created by fans. But at the same time, that sort of brings its interesting own brave new world, because it's the moment at which Hasbro says, you know, hey, we're done, and the people to carry the torch from that point onward are the fans themselves. Um, and then from a convention perspective, the biggest challenge is the fact that cons take a lot of money, and budgeting is hard, and if you screw it up once, your con dies. So, uh, con organizers will say this again and again and again, the sooner you pre-reg, the better, because it lets us know how much money we're going to have to work with, and keeps us from going bankrupt. Right. Mm. So what... Fun, serious answer. Yeah, you heard right, but, guys. But still, at the same time, like you, you listen to a lot of challenges. What what are the particular strengths of the fandom in this current day? I mean, I've seen a whole lot of people saying that even though BronyCon and the show are ending, they have no per er, intention of going anywhere. And I'd say that attitude and sort of what it encapsulates is the strongest thing that the fandom has going for it. It has a ton of passionate people who are united in loving a thing that is unapologetically positive, unapologetically inspiring, and unapologetically brilliant. And, uh, you know, our strength is that we recognize and understand that and are going to continue building on that message for decades to come. Wonderful. And then the last thing that I would ask to kind of add on to that, um, the comparison that it seems like people commonly are making in regards to the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Generation 4 is the Star Trek comparison, where mm -hmm. uh, people are uh, saying, you know, hey, this is how early Star Trek started, and if you look at it, you know, it's this big, growing fandom today. Um, that, of course, implies that what comes further in the Pony fandom has the ability to recreate that same fandom magic that the first uh, that Generation 4 was able to create. Do you think that further generations of My Little Pony is honestly going to capture a brony fan base similar to what it did before? It depends on whether Hasbro is smart enough to allow creator-driven stories or not. What made G4 lightning in a bottle was that Hasbro at the time kind of went, hey, Lauren Faust, take this thing and do whatever the hell you want with it. And she did, and made something amazing. And if you shift away from that and start trying to, I think, 
turn it back over to people who are not creative first and foremost, you start having that same misunderstanding that corporations always have, which is that if you think with if you think about create something that kicks ass first, you'll probably be able to make money off of it. If you think about create something that makes money first, you're probably going to produce something that's not so good. So do I think that there's going to be another G4 out there? Yes. In 15 to 20 years at the latest, when someone who's super inspired by today is old enough to convince Hasbro that they should be allowed to make G7 or G8. And it's possible sooner than that, but again, it's all on the company and who they choose to allow to sort of, you know, shepherd pony stories. I think that's really well said. No, it makes perfect sense. I think it was what Steve Jobs who said was like, reason why companies go under is because they have the sales guys in the positions and marketing people in the sales positions. And Pretty much. Don't, yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, Tony, you were going to say something? Uh, I'm just wondering, because like, you say that you think it could make a comeback at the latest 15, 20 years when this generation could be inspired later on, if it goes down the shitter, I'm assuming. That's kind of a little shout out to Lauren since she was inspired by G1 and that's well, part of why she made G4. Yeah, I'm just saying, do you think that it would just be like a new fandom that popped up? Or do you think it would be like a mix of people coming in from fandom or what? I think it's going to be like G4 was, you know. We have a lot of people who've been fans of My Little Pony since G1, G2, G3, G3.5, okay. who, you know in some ways were overshadowed by all of the new people who came in with G4. So if you look again, that Star Trek comparison there, like when Next Generation came out that didn't take all the people who are original series fans and banish them into the ether, it just made a bigger space for everyone to play together. And that's what I think like a sort of reignited spirit of g4 would be like is it would just be making the space for people to you know share awesome things together that much bigger i i can say that yeah really well said thank you for for taking the time to talk about your opinion on the state of the fandom it's always a really interesting conversation it never yeah it for some reason it never seems to come up very much i'm really happy that we're able to get your personal opinion on it I'm, like, eternally grateful to the fandom because, I mean, I was an unemployed post-college grad when I went into it, and now I do IT shit for J.P. Morgan, and I'm trying to get the, you know, I'm, like, looking to potentially start my own company here in a year or two, and I honestly credit the people I met in the fandom for, like, inspiring me to get my life together and, you know, like, give me examples of people that I would want to be be like, like, that that people I met in the fandom, I went, they're cool. They are awesome people. I want to be more like them and started trying to emulate them. So without My Little Pony, my life would not be like where it is today. You know, it's literally life-changing in the best of ways. Well, I assure you that I assure you that a lot of people I'm sure are thinking it quite the same way with you being in your particular place on the BronyCon chair. I'm sure there's many people that look specifically up to you and are able to say, you know, it that's was, a, that sort of organizational skill and, and that sort of responsibility. I want to grow up to do something like that. Fun fact, when I, like, 
went to my first BronyCon in 2013, there was a little part of me that's like, you know, it'd be really cool to chair this event someday, but it was a pipe dream that I never actually thought would happen. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm this nobody. Like, why would I ever be a chair of a con in any way? And it turns out that uh, if you're passionate about something and you want to, you know, work with people to build something great and you can subdue your own ego so to speak you'll go far like or you can go far i shouldn't say you necessarily will because there's always a luck factor but yeah. uh the chance to go far well well said uh was there anything else that you wanted to add rav and tony no i think i'm good cool rav uh no, I mean, I can kind of understand uh, my art career, if you want to call it, that took off because of the Bernie fandom. So, I mean, that's all I have to add. <laughs> Wonderful. Then, number two, uh, Coffee Minion continues on. Uh, I believe you've been to Japan recently. What were some highlights of your trip? Well, there's this TV show called Why Did You Come to Japan? And uh, when I went last year, I was going for concerts, and I am gotten into cosplay so um <clears throat> to wax on love life for a little bit and go really fast about it because otherwise i will be talking about this for an hour love life is sort of a hybrid property where most of the locations in the anime actually exist in the real world now they may have been repurposed like you know there's a shopping center that's used as a school in the end but like you can still go to the shopping center and it looks fucking identical so Love Life Sunshine, which is the second series, is set in a small seaside town called Uchiura in Shizuoka Prefecture, which is about an hour bullet train ride out of Tokyo. And I was going there, and I'd made an outfit that like was just sort of a workout outfit for one of the characters, and was going to kind of recreate a run that they did, you know, because like that was a special thing to me. Well, when I get out of customs, I hear, hey, can we interview you? Almost certainly because my hair is vividly purple. And that probably had them going, ooh, this is likely an interesting foreigner. And oh, when they found out what I was doing, they went, can we come with you and film you? So a week later, I met up with them outside my train station, and we traveled, you know, to Numazu together, which is like, how to put it in U.S. terms. It's sort of like how you have Los Angeles, and then, you know, you have the smaller suburbs of Los Angeles, which are, right, 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 yeah. you know, their own little cities, but part of the LA area. So that's like New Mazuchi. Anyway, they spent two days following me around filming everything I did, in which I was acutely aware that I needed to be like on point the whole time because I know Japanese TV. And, you know, I was representing both like foreign fans because Love Live's a pretty big property. So, like, both foreign fans and just, like, the Love Live fandom in general to all of Japan. Hmm. And uh, that was kind of intimidating and scary. But, you know, the show crew was really nice. And uh, they care about, like, telling interesting stories and not about laughing at the subject of their stories. So, while the promo definitely shows me fucking up and literally dropping a person... Uh, 
you know, it was like, that's an actually funny moment. I literally was trying to pick somebody up and dropped them. They cut the context where I'd done it twice before while we were rehearsing and was tired. (laughs) (laughs) So they just, it shows me picking someone up and dropping them. And then the comedian who's like the host just starts yelling, Abunai, Abunai, or like, that's dangerous, that's dangerous, be careful. (laughs) So yeah, it was really cool to be on TV and then find out that members of the music group that I went to see watched my show and enjoyed it. Oh, that's so cool. Galaxy brain moment of like, I came here to see you, and you ended up watching me. (laughs) (laughs) And like, like not just an, oh, this was an accident. This was literally one of them like tweeting about, hey, this thing's coming on. I'm excited to watch it, you know? Like, like, that was super cool. So yeah, that, that's my highlight for Japan. The negative highlight is the second trip in which I met someone and literally had anime uh, betrayals 101. Because she's like, uh, it was a romance that was doomed to fail from the beginning because she had a boyfriend and didn't mention it. And I unlocked many achievements that night, like cry on the subway. <laughs> but it makes for a good story, like in the, in the comedy tragedy sense of the word. Big F, everyone. Yeah. And now next, uh, we're going to Behind the Counter. Uh, we have a picture that goes along with this next question. How much Phoenix dust does it take to screw in a light bulb? Alright, this is time to, uh, to uh, properly, how to say, get in the spirit of Phoenix dust. Because I know exactly <laughs> where this is going. Mmm. Still one of my. It's exactly what it is. Person rose up forever. All right, to throw in some context here, uh, Coffee Minion knows my film fiction account, which is not Dexanth, it's a different name. And I used to take part in the write offs all the time, which are uh, story competitions that are either at least traditionally 24 hours for flash fic, like five to 800 words, or 72 hours for short stories, which are, I think, 2,000 to 8,000 words. Yeah. And after a couple of years, we started improving, and there was the idea of, hey, people draw pictures, and then you write stories based on, like, inspired by those pictures. So, this image was produced, and this caused me to write a story called Phoenix Dust, in which... Alicorns are alicorns, which means that I sort of stole something out of X-Men here. You know, alicorn healing factor. They can't, in this, can't get, like, drunk or intoxicated the normal way. Because their system, you know, their bodies just process it too fast. So Celestia's super fucking stressed. But there is one thing that can get alicorns blazed as fuck. And that's, you know, phoenixes after they've immolated themselves. So Phoenix Dust is a story in which a stressed out Celestia bribes Philomena to set herself on fire and then smokes the hell out of her ashes if Luna finds her and joins in. And then it's just a pair of alicorns getting high as balls with a bonus chapter, which is what they're talking about. This is amazing, amazing. and we need your FinFic account. Fine, I, I Phoenix Dust I am inordinately proud of, so I will out my Fimfic account because We're gonna add this to the podcast. Everyone go upvote this story. We're gonna get this back in popular. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna post a blog with this story. Am I genuinely not logged into Fimfiction under any account right now? Oh, oh are you sure it's an explode? No, I'm joking. 
that was that was uh, not the right Firefox window. Is why. Stories, myself, uh, Phoenix does. I'm just going to throw this link in chat here. Wait, that's we're not on. There you go. Yes, yes. Someone beat me to it. That's our intern for you. Royal Ramblings is one of my favorites because at one point I basically tried to incorporate every single stupid sim fiction meme into a single scene. Like, you know, the peaches meme and the uh, bathrooms are flooded with things meme and so-and-so is in your bed and so on. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Totally understandable. Amazing. Well, while we're hyping and, and distributing Oh yeah, this I never story. answered the actual question. The answer oh, yes. is, why the fuck would you ever screw in a light bulb using Phoenix dust? That's a waste of, like, good drugs. Can't waste that <laughs> shit, man. Exactly. Someone ever, if someone ever comes to you in school and offers you Phoenix dust, you say yes, <laughs> because Phoenix dust is expensive. <laughs> oh, no way! Hey, don't, don't. Don't drive me out of business, Jesus. I didn't realize you were a morning son. That's so cool. I really it's, like I, I keep the two a little separate just because it makes it easier. That's that's totally fair. I've, and also when I made Sunny, I wasn't necessarily sure like what standards I wanted to hold myself to, so That's fair. I I've just read and I've I've read and uh uh voted on your uh write off stuff before and it's good. That's good. You're a good writer. I have three stories I think are good and three stories that are in order. It's stupid. <laughs> Gnosis hey. is my one like a good story, I wanna say, but Hey Only uh, if you like hey. Dark Fic. I've written like what, over hundred and fifty now and I think they're all trash, so in fact <laughs> you got three, I'm proud of you. We're going to Sunbro for live that now. many. Oh, me? shit, I failed. I've written more than that. If you actually look me up on write-off, I have a whole lot there that I've never just edited. How dare like, you? swapping Celestia and Luna's cutie marks, I wrote a story in which that was the solution to prevent them from dying years before Starlight Glimmer stole the idea. And when that episode aired, I was just like, fuck, well, there's no point in publishing this now. You totally could, though, and be like, I got this idea first. I mean, I can prove that I had the idea first, or at least, you know, around the same time the episode would have been being written. Yeah. Wait, no, that was season eight. I beat that episode, unless it was just sitting around in their brainstorming board for years, which is entirely possible. That's one of the things the writing staff will do. All right. Uh, let's go to Sunbro for Life now, who has some video game themed questions. Uh, Priest, check the time. Yeah, but we've been offline for a while, so I'm uh, going okay. to give it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to get through all Sunbro's questions and then do the fake ad. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite video game? Hmm. In terms of sheer amount of money that that video game has gotten out of me, it would be Love Live School Idol Fest. In terms of... And we will not talk about how much money it's gotten out of me because it's an embarrassingly, embarrassingly high number. And if you guess, you are probably off by an order of magnitude. Um, but if I were to pick what my favorite franchise is, XCOM, I would say. Ooh. Good one. I have played... I mean, admittedly, I ignore everything between classic XCOM and 
XCOM remake, although I need to play Terror from the Deep someday. Yeah, I've but, only played I've only played the remake games and they're pretty good. I like XCOM. Alright, Eagle, you're not off by an order of magnitude. Oh it's fire number. Well, it depends. If we're talking about direct spending in the game, I think that's between one and two there. If we're talking about spending on love life in general, I've lost track. It's probably <laughs> somewhere between 20 and 40. Jesus. But I'm factoring in the fact that, like, going to Japan is expensive. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, like, going to see them in concert, you know, plane ticket alone, you're talking a thousand bucks. <laughs> Getting concert tickets usually is another 500 to 1,000 because getting concert tickets in Japan for popular groups requires you to win the lottery. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, I can believe that, actually. To maximize your odds, you buy extraneous CDs and DVDs to give you extra lottery codes. Speaking of which, if anyone wants to buy any Love Live CDs or Blu-rays, hit me up. I have extras of many albums and or <laughs> season one Blu-rays. <laughs> All right. I mean, I can kind of understand the expense because back when I was a weeb like uh, Otaku is, uh, the the band that I wanted to go see most was the Gazette, and I looked up the conversion price for the tickets, and holy shit! Like, the good thing is the tickets themselves are only, you know, around a hundred bucks, but if it's, if you're entering a Blu-ray Chusen, for example, that's $80 per Blu-ray. So, or I guess, no, it's between, it's 30 to 80 depending on the Blu-ray. So that's, you know, per entry. That can add up very fast. And then if you lose and you illegally scalp, you expect to pay between 250 and 300 for tickets. So, yeah, yeah it adds up. But XCOM, good old, good old XCOM. Well, not old as much. Next question that we got in the wings: What is your favorite boss fight? Hmm, it's almost certainly a Souls boss fight of some kind. Or no, you know what? It would probably be one of the Kingdom Hearts two boss fights because, like, Ooh. I really loved the fact that they just had this tight design where you could kill everything at level 1 if you were skilled enough and patient enough. And favorite one would probably be Sephiroth in that, because it mm. didn't... I mean, it mattered how much gear you had, but at the same time it didn't, because he had things that could kill you no matter what. So you had to be good to win that fight. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember. Uh, I did the grind for both games, and I will say Sephiroth in the first game was much harder. Easily. But it was, yeah, it, that one you had to grind for. There's no freaking way you're doing that at level one. The the hardest part of the Kingdom Hearts one was, uh, or one. Get up on the monster's back. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Sin Hardest, that fucking move. But, mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Where if you didn't hit him, it drops every. You have no MP. It drops your health down to one. Oh, yeah, and so I guess it makes sense. It's the same as why I love the Souls fights because you like extra power helps, but all of them can be beaten by punching them if you're skilled enough and patient enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we'll move to number three. Have you accepted Skeletor? Master of the Universe into your heart! No, next question. <laughs> Number four. 
You are in Small Horse Hamlet. What business do you start? All right. Well, if it's Small Horse Hamlet, we have to assume that this is basically pre-royal system. So, mm, I think my goal is to stay alive because pre-royal sister's time is usually depicted as pretty dangerous. So I'd probably be an apothecary of some kind, because regardless of tribe, since this is in Equestria, you know, and presumably I'm a horse, I should be able to make potions, and then, you know, aim to become some sort of, like, awesome witch from there. Ideally, time travel shenanigans get involved. Ideally, like, um... Uh, I don't know. It turns out that the ancient past of Equestria is Generation 1. Ideally, uh... Ideally, Faustacorn actually canonically exists, but in a way that's bloody hilarious. And ideally, Earth and Equestria exist in the same universe. This is becoming a really obscure fanfic shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, is, is it a conversion bureau? No, no, actually that's true. Alright, I take it back. I'm in Small Horse Hamlet. Where do I start discovering how rune magic works? Fair enough. Because that's what, uh, what did she end up calling herself? I don't remember because ponies couldn't pronounce human words. And so it got corrupted. Huh. I would become a witch. That's the answer. Yay! Hey. Number five. Do you even praise, bro? I've been praised because people are like, oh, you're cosplaying Celestia, praise the sun, so does that count? Yes! Yeah. Praise the sun horse. The sun butt. The sun butt. But. Now then, we're about halfway through the cast. So, anime, uh, anime, anime. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, Flam. Yes? What if I told you that we have a Patreon? Darling, say it ain't so! Why, yes, we do. If you go out to www.thebarcast.net, you can find our Patreon, where we accept all sorts of monies that we send to Red Wings Horse Sanctuary out in California. We're supporting a horse that you all voted for by the name of Little Bit, and we send them monies. They sent me, recently, a piece of postage in the mail. That is way too long for me to read. But the good news is, they're not telling us to stop sending money, so we're going to keep doing it. So if you go out to Patreon right now, guess what we have out there, Flam? And what might that be, darling? Absolutely nothing. So be sure to go out to Patreon and give us money for literally no benefit. Except charity. We promise we won't spend it on coke and hookers, okay? We don't. Oh, shit. For us, that is. Well, for us, that is. Uh, for a little bit, he can have whatever his little bit heart desires. Yes. <laughs> now then. I'm turn him into Diamond Tiara. Back to a little bit of questions. We hold have. On, hold on. on. I actually also have an ad that I would like to give. That's okay. Oh, yeah. By all means, go for it. All, all right. right. Well. All right, all right. So you know, have you ever have you ever been just like laying in bed and like really wishing you could get your munch on, but also listen to like 
a cool, you know, story spoken by some famous Hollywood actor? Well, I'm here to tell you about Blue Apron Casper Mattresses by Audible.com. That's oh my God. selling a gourmet oh mattress God. that will be delivered fresh to your home every week. You can sleep on it, then cook it up and eat it. And even better, each mattress comes embedded with a new spoken audiobook for your ear holes. That's right. Every week, we're going to deliver you your own mattress made from fresh, organic <laughs> ingredients, locally sourced and grown. But we wait, have a sponsor there's code. more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. You will be getting a new ebook included with your mattress. We will send you an audio cassette because, you know, audio cassettes are a thing. <laughs> they might not have been a thing since before you were born, because some of you are under the age of, like, 27. But audio cassettes were a thing, and we're making them a thing again. This has been Griffin McElroy. This has been my Griffin McElroy impression. I, I demand an 8-track. Be sure to use promo code. This isn't actually a promo code. Don't use it when you buy your ticket to Brownie really Car. going to. Exactly. Uh, time to dig out my Walkman. And this is the time in the this is the time in the episode where I like to say this episode is by Skillshare. Now I'm just fucking with you guys. So, but guys, this is sponsored by NordVPN. Um, <laughs> Tunnel Bear. One <laughs> uh, fun, fun non thing I actually use Nord whenever I'm traveling because like they do offer a. It's a fucking good VPN, so... Oh, we, we actually... So also, like, fun... Fucking fun, fun behind-the-scenes thing. We recently got, like, a contact from Audible about how to, like, become an endorser and sponsor of Audible. And are you, get, like, and are to you get, serious? Like, we actually yeah, like, something yeah. along the lines, if you go out to, like, oh, yeah, audible.com slash barcast, like, you'd get a month of Audible free. Or something like that. <laughs> and we decided, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because we were going to become, like, halfway in the middle of the episode. They would, yeah, they would, actually, they would actually give us money. And it was like, no, this, this is too real. Wait, wait, no. Now you should just, like, send them a recording of this episode and be like, we said no, but then our guest spontaneously plugged Audible.com in oh, every other thing I've ever, that's been advertised on My Brother, My Brother, and Me. So, Damn it, you, can we get some retroactive money? Damn it, Dex, you sold us, you sold us out, man. I Instead, was just trying to meme. Instead, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just do... Like meme. <laughs> we'll do when this. memes become real. <laughs> like, I didn't know you guys did ads, so when you're like, ad break, my brain was like, oh shit, I should write fake promo oh, no, yeah, right that, now. Yeah, that <laughs> was, yeah, that's actually for our, uh, for our, our horse friend. Yeah, I, I wrote that in like forty-five seconds as you guys were doing your. It ad. was so good. It was, that was so amazing. Oh, uh, if you're going to BronyCon, be sure to use promo code. This isn't actually a promo code. Dex will get yelled at if you use this promo code when you check out to get zero percent off your order. It works. Uh, I know, promise. Uh, let me go talk to some people about the thing. Oh here. no! Oh no! Oh no! Because oh, no. I'm doing this on the fly, but oh, what have you done, man? We're moving on. This, this is got too real. Getting, this is why Bronicon's getting canceled. <laughs> All right, we've got, we've and, got, and in further news, Barcast will not be. <laughs> 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 <Bronicon>. <laughs> 
<laughs> this this is how we don't become community guests. <laughs> uh, we have a how does this make you feel picture for you from oh, the Jesus other other Christ. guy. We just posted it for you in behind the counter decks. What the fuck? Um, all right, Discord behind the counter. How does this make you feel? <laughs> oh, this. So, like, why is that pony rolled up into a blunt? Actually, I think that's a hot dog because what's underneath <laughs> that I think is ketchup and mustard. No, I think it's a toilet roll. Uh, it, it looks what? like a toilet roll. I thought it was a flashlight. Yeah. Oh, it could oh, be a flashlight. Oh, Jesus. I'm just going with a blunt, honestly. Like, that just looked like a horse doobie. It could be It could be a grilled hot dog. It does have the lines at the top. I, I think it's their attempt to make Phoenix dust in real life. Fun fact, I've actually seen an Applejack bong before. It was a G1 Applejack bong, and it cost like $800. No way! Oh, Jesus. Uh, Uncle Ike's in Seattle. In fact, if you are at Everfree Northwest and hunt me down... While I'm walking around VIP handling, I will probably be able to tell you exactly where that Uncle Ike's is. I think it's in or around Fremont, but don't quote me on it. We're near that region. Uh, okay. Alright, now we're going to questions from Muggany, who starts by asking, Will you be my friend? A long silence hung. If you meet me and, and want to hang out and I'm free, then totally. Sure. And you're a cool person who is nice and, like, not a jerk to people. Yeah, there's the question. Okay. Are you a jerk to people? If the answer is yes, then no. If the answer is no, then yes. Smiley face. Number two. Cool, so we're friends now. Let's have a Stephen King type adventure to commemorate our childhood. What do we do? Definitely no child orgies. I'm glad they cut that from the remake. Thank you! <laughs> Stephen King type adventure. Hmm. That could be many, many things, but, um... You just, like, drop the blood and have a great time. Well, see, the, the thing is, like, I'm avoiding those Stephen King adventures where everyone dies, thankfully, so... I'm just debating if I want to go in more of a Dark Tower direction, because a lot of people die there, too. And, mm. I mean, you could go a Dark Tower direction, but it's all about pony fiction. And you just go into other pony fictions. So, like, Sweetie Chronicles, basically? Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I'm down for that. Yes. We totally go on a multi-universe horse fanfic hopping spree either experiencing and or unmaking them, depending upon the nature of their universes, because there are absolutely fanfics out there which should be unmade. <laughs> Number three. Including one I have written. Oh. I will not tell what that is, though. Number three. Whoa, are you sure? Isn't that, like, dangerous? I'm scouting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're probably gonna die. Sorry. But, you know, you asked. YOLO. I say this because I know I have protagonist syndrome, so... Like, I literally have blue and purple anime hair, so I'm safe. Enough said. 
Alex underscore is up next, our resident favorite intern for questions. He starts out by saying, isn't there a Pokemon called Dexamp? No. Wrecked. Get wrecked, Alex. I know the origin of Dexanth, and it is definitely not a Pokemon, although it, in fact, predates Pokemon. Ooh. I wasn't using it as a handle yet, but mm, I don't know if I want to give out the origin of this. It's, Ooh, uh, this is some hot and steamy knowledge. No, it's not hot and steamy knowledge. I'm just not sure if I want to plug Piers Anthony anymore. Oh, fair. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, I loved his novels, but as an adult, I look back on some of that stuff, and it's like, oh, wow, uh, that's kind of creepy, actually. But I still have a super soft spot for it. I kind of relate to that. Um, there's a... When I first started writing, I was really enamored by a um, a book called Pen Pal by Dathan Albach. And I, now that when I read through it, I see a lot of the issues and things that I don't like, and would totally have done differently if I had the experience I have now. And honestly, like, from everything, you know, I have, I would put it more as Pierce Anthony is a kinky fucking dude, and he put that into his books, and sometimes some of the stuff that he wrote about was not so good, but at the same time, I've never heard of any scandal involving him, and I'm aware that, like, in terms of authors and fans, he's one of the best ones out there for, like, interacting with his fans over the decades and doing, like, he literally has a book out there, you know, about letters he wrote to someone with, crap, I think it was a terminal illness, I'm pretty sure she died, but, uh, yeah, you know, just, at the same time, though, some of those books go into weird territory, but I kind of want to be like, but he seems like a pretty good guy, and I've never heard anything that suggested that he crossed any lines that ultimately shouldn't be crossed, so to speak. I don't know. I don't want to malign someone unfairly, even though I look at it and I'm like, them books be weird. Yeah. But the origin of Dexanth is it's a portmanteau of Demon Xanth, from, because that's sort of one of the core characters of that whole series. Cool. Number one. Have you ever just, like, looked at your hands and realized how, like, weird they are? So, fun fact, that that thought is in Phoenix Dust in some fashion, and you will know the line when you get... (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, if you want my answer to that, you need to read Phoenix Dust. Specifically Chapter 2, specifically Luna will say it. Awesome. Number two, do you like wiggly worms? Too close to tentacles. Fair enough. (laughs) Three, what is the future? (sighs) Ideally, some sort of awesome transhuman post-scarcity, like, virtual reality paradise. Also cracking how magic works and proving that it exists and everyone gets to be basically like, you know, cyberpunk sorcerer demigods because that would be fucking awesome. And not BronyCon. Rip. (laughs) Not BronyCon. Alright. And last but not least, number four. What brings you joy? Mm Mm-hmm. Making people happy, 
who like deserve to be made happy. And when I say deserve, that basically just boils down to do you want other people to smile as well or not? And if the answer is yes, then awesome. So I deserve to be happy? No. No, fuck you. Oh. You do, the other two don't. Oh. 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 Based upon attitudes just demonstrated. Yeah. Absolutely deserves to be happy. Screw you guys, I deserve to be happy. As if I'm now, capable now of you being happy. Have any longer. You can be happy when you start treating strippers with respect. Yeah. <laughs> I did! <laughs> I did! No, you did not. Are you being paid to be here? Were you being bad in Vegas? No! Yeah, <laughs> well, it stays in Vegas, am I right? Certainly the contents of my stomach did. Nothing I did on purpose. It's okay. I was bad at uh, High Roller as well. I got in trouble for it. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. No, no. I deserved to get in trouble, and I recognized that I deserved to get in trouble, and, you know... That, that particular thing has been, like, amicably settled by all parties and is now in the past. That's good. Good, good. But speaking of cons, we have uh, Eagle, Paladin of Shadows, who's up next with a question. Uh, the uh, host of Stable Genius's podcast. Eagle, if this is a bad question, you're fired. All right, go on. Why is Instinct best girl? And also, what what is this? He mentioned it last week and didn't explain it. What is going on with this question? First off, Instinct is not best girl. Nico belongs in the garbage can and always will. Ellie, Nozomi, and Kanan are best girl. And that is totally just an idle question in general, but a love life question in particular when Instinct enters the picture. The context for it is that Instinct is another of the staffers who's really into love life, but, uh, but has... Not ideal tastes in best girls. Uh, and so he gets to be deservedly given shit for it. Because, of course, just like with shipping, best girls are serious business. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Cadence is best girl. And, you know, no. if everyone else has different opinions on the matter, that's fine for them. Well, I mean, but if you wrong. like Mary Sue's, I mean... Look, if you, if you like sticking your dick in a trash can... That's uh, no, bad. sorry. Cadence is perfect and wonderful in every way. And so she is a joy to exist. Dex can stay! Look, Skyrider is right about everything. Dex, you are our most controversial guest. You hate and love things that some of us don't. And do. uh, Dex is about to start a civil war. I will, I will totally say that when I heard of Cadence, I was not on board with her at first. I'm just like, what the fuck? No. Oh god, this is a shameless cash grab. And she was was a a shameless cash grab. Oh, she definitely is. She was, she was created to be married. Yes. Literally. (laughs) That's actually true. We need to move on for that because I will talk about things that I can't talk about, so. (laughs) Oh no! Oh no, okay, we'll go to RK Striker JK5, he's up next. What is your favorite non-MLP franchise? It's Love Life. Yeah, <laughs> it's Love Life. <laughs> Have you done any fan-related content for a non-MLP franchise? Well, I mean, 
I literally talked about the TV show I made in Japan. It's all about that became a 15-minute advertisement for Love Life. And is I am inordinately proud of the fact that I know that means the Love Life production committee sanctioned my activity because uh, they licensed, you know, footage and music for use in it. <laughs> so, oh like, like, they were like, yes, we approve of this. We approve of you being, or turning you into a 15-minute ad for our property. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. <laughs> Crunchyroll's great, but I mean, subscribe to Verve. You just get Crunchyroll bundled in with it, and you also oh. get High Dive as well. Oh my god! Hey, and a bunch of fun Western stuff. Like they have a bunch of old Nicktoons on there. Really? Uh, what? Yeah, Bravest oh. Warriors. Like VRV is it's like Netflix for cartoons. Oh, cool! Ladies and gen ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Adcast. Adcast. <laughs> like, 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 like this is different. This is the not the ad thing. Just genuinely. If you like cartoons, you should look at Verve and see if they have stuff that you enjoy. And if they do, subscribe to them. And if they don't, then don't worry about it, you know? Like, it's more of a, I think they're cool, and if you like cartoons, you might like them. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Are we getting paid for any of this? No. no. That's no. the worst part. I'm going to take a no, sip no, no, of no. my refreshing... Giving, all right. You know what's ironic to me? is I've just realized I've plugged, like six different corporations on the show and not once have I actually been like and you should buy a badge to Brony <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna give you time at the end for that <laughs> hey, hey you already shilled enough you don't need yeah I mean it's only your own con I'll take a drink of my refreshing PepsiCo brand Mountain Dew Baja Blast and move to the next question number three this is how Sunbutt runs Equestria <laughs> Yeah, haphazardly. That's why she's getting invaded all the time these days because she you know, doesn't give a shit anymore. That is perfectly accurate. That's pretty much how we do this podcast. <laughs> As if this podcast is never. No, I was never. Okay, number three. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale, pale moonlight? No, because if I was going to encounter the devil, I'd go down to Georgia. But I'm not good enough at fiddling to keep my soul safe. Oh, you can stay. Oh my god. Why would, the, why would the devil want the bottom part of your shoe? Theresius <laughs> is up next, and he says, I like Spike. Cool. He's best little brother. Oh god. Ooh. Ooh. Oh no. Hey, it's fine. Pencil isn't here. She doesn't have to know. <laughs> what? I mean... So, I would also what? say, like, boys are an abomination, and the world would be better if it were only women, if you want me to just, like, know that. So, little brother, eh? So he upgraded from pet? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, he upgraded from pet to service animal to little brother. <laughs> Yay. Service animal. <laughs> <laughs> Number one of Lone Trooper. What is your most heartwarming moment at a convention that you can share? Heartwarming. Let's see. I have been to... Have I been to... Th I've been to at least two different con weddings, and that's kind of heartwarming to know it's happening. But... 
I can't think of any specific... Oh, no, I will think of two things. One... Oh, shit, I know. It's when Leakfish, I think, spent a year in, or, like, ages creating the art book that just, like, had pages done by both, like, tons of prominent fandom artists and tons of comic artists and, like, show staff, including one by Lauren herself that she donated to a charity auction, and that full papers and, um, what is it, uh... Hey, Abby and Co., if you ever hear this, um, then I apologize if I forgot what you and Steve were at the time, but fiancé, husband, bestie guy, spent an inordinate amount of money to beat it, or to win it from actually my ex, and uh, once they won, they promptly gifted it back to her. So it was just like a stupidly high amount of money donation that they made in order to give her back her own stupidly amazing thing that she spent ages, you know, having created and didn't want to give away, you know, but knew she had to. And then her baby came home. And that was incredibly heartwarming to witness. Like, that level of generosity and just caring all around. That's wonderful. That's nice. Number two. What advice would you like to give to people who would like to become staff at a convention, and this doesn't include just MLP? Um, go to cons, first off, just because, like, you can totally staff the first con you ever go to, but at the same time, and that's okay if you want to, but uh, I would encourage going to a con as an attendee first, just to have an idea of what they are and whether you like that atmosphere, since... If you go as an attendee and you find out it's not for you, you can go home, no harm done. But if you go as staff and it's not for you, then everyone else, you know, has to adjust to that. And we can, but it's not, you know, pretty much everyone's probably going to feel less happy about it. So I would say go to a con, make sure you enjoy cons, and then after that just... Look at cons, look, you know, follow them on social media to pay attention to when they say they're hiring staff, and um, look at roles that you'd be interested in. Common entry points are going to be registration and security in particular, um, because, you know, they're, they usually need a lot of people, and it's a role that, like, often you can be trained, you know, on-site for, but... If you have, you know, special skills, if you've got experience, if you've just got the passion, apply. And, you know, as long as you're genuine and not out to hurt anyone, the worst you're going to get is a rejection. You know, saying, hey, we don't think you're a good fit. And hopefully they're not assholes about it. But I will warn you, not every, you know, cons are pretty good about it these days, but sometimes people aren't the kindest. And I say that because I know there's a lot of people in this fandom, you know, who are more sensitive and, like, better to be primed just in case. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of words. Sunbutt. So, anime. <laughs> anime, 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 anime. Exactly. Number three. What are your projections on the upcoming Generation 5 for My Little Pony, and how do you believe the main six will change as characters? I read the leaks, no comment, moving on. <laughs> okay. 
on the grounds of I know what the designs at that time were. Therefore, I don't think I can really comment on this without spoiling people who don't want to be spoiled. Fair enough. Number four. What is the hardest part about being a chair for BronyCon, and what is the most rewarding? <sighs> the hardest part is going to be at con fulfilling my role as chair of comforting people who are devastated that BronyCon is ending. Like, I know that is going to happen, and it's emotionally exhausting, but needs to be done. Like, it's one of those, I will do it gladly, but I also know it's going to hurt. Um, at the same time, it's also kind of the most rewarding, because people feel that strongly about it, you know, that they have that much love and that much passion for our events, that they're going to be that devastated about us going away. And to be able to be there and, you know, share that with them and if they are asking for it, you know, be able to make that a little less, a little easier for them to process and for them to take is you know, genuinely something to feel, like, honored and awed about. Like, who am I to be in that role as a chair, and yet I know I will be, and uh, I hope I can prove worthy of it. Sorry, that that's a no, no, that's, answer there. But, no, that's, no, that's totally fair, and it's it's really wonderful to hear. Um, what are can your I make a suggestion? Go for it. Uh, go to Walmart and buy as many of the dollar tissue boxes as you can get your hands on. <laughs> and just start, like, leaving them everywhere. <laughs> Serious thing, bring hand sanitizer and use it. Con crud sucks, and if you get sick before the con, if you're comfortable with it, stay home. If this is truly something you will not miss for the world then for God's sake, at least buy those flu masks and wear them. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, I'm not going to tell someone who f is willing to fight having a flu to come to our event to not do that. But if you're going to do that, then for the love of God, please be considerate and take every precaution to make sure you don't pass that to anybody else. Yeah, because there's also... who are going to come well sick, because I know there's at least one or two out there. Please, for the love of God, be mindful of others. Yeah, because there's... Please, for the love of Sunbutt, be but, mindful of others. Because there's going to be a lot of people at this con. Like, I, I, won't, I won't press for how many people obviously, like, bought a ticket already, but, like, do you guys have, like, a range of, like... Worst case, this many people are going to come. Best case, this many people come. Let's see. My teams would kill me if I gave out specific numbers, but I'm comfortable saying we're very happy with the way things are going. And we expect this year to be very active. Okay. And if trends continue, who the hell knows? Uh, oh. Ooh. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, it... it it could be awesome. It will be awesome. It's just a question of degree of awesome. That's a good way to put it. That's awesome. Just just knowing that some of the years of Bernie Cons it hit five digits, just like, oh my god. We're comfortable saying that we think this year is going to be pretty awesome. We're just not sure how awesome yet. 
fair. That's and- that that I think, yeah, I can I can safely say. And hopefully people being stupid is kept to a minimum. True. Hopefully. Yeah. No yeah. promises. Now then, <laughs> uh, number five from Lone Trooper. What will you miss most about BrodyCon, and what are you looking forward uh, most for the final BrodyCon? I'm going to miss the sheer size of BrodyCon, which is one of its biggest strengths, like, that because BronyCon is BronyCon, and it's it sort of has that, you know, it's like Comic-Con or Anime Expo for their respective fandoms. Fuck, that one wasn't even intentional. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, BronyCon, like, that's where you're going to get to see the most of the friends that you've made online all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, I think that those who still want to continue doing horse cons um, and who are willing to travel for it, I feel like Everfree is going to prove itself the natural successor to that. BabsCon, I love you guys, but uh, being that much closer to Vancouver gives Seattle kind of an advantage there. Fair enough. So I think, you know, Everfree is sort of liable to hopefully, if they want to and enough people are willing, pick up that mantle and maybe run with it. Uh, This is me speaking entirely personally here. No, you know, not in official capacity as staff of either convention. Just that my personal view is Everfree is best poised to sort of carry that mantle if they want to and if people want them to. Right. But I'm going to miss that, that how many people come to BronyCon and therefore how many people I get to see there. Or that's that one time a year you get to do so. Fair enough. Uh, number six, where would you like to see yourself in the next three to five years, both personally and professionally? If I got to have my absolute dream, I would be living in Japan on an island in the penthouse suite of a luxury hotel that I had bought and um, upgraded to have a helipad because I would commute to Tokyo or I would run a venture capital fund for like women or female-led businesses. You know, um, and that would involve founding my own company, growing it, really quickly and then selling it off because I had succeeded in what I set out to do, which is make it self-sustaining and exit at that point. So yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd like to dream big. Also, I should note that it's a very specific hotel because it's the hotel that uh, one of the characters in Love Live Sunshine lives in and her family owns. And the specific <laughs> is the real world location for that that costs about two thousand dollars a night to rent, and oh. I would totally live in it. <laughs> I am I am that much of a dork that uh, and that little bit of you know, hee Look what I managed to do to other fans. <laughs> well, I can assure you, so you I would probably in- give tours and hold parties there. <laughs> I would definitely hold parties there. Well, you're in good company. If you ever need someone to bring the booze, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, my, my dream is a huge 
huge, useless lesbian dork dream, and I love it. Then let's see. We've got number seven, similar to one of the questions that asked before, but slightly different. Um, mm -hmm. What has been the most memorable moment you've experienced at BronyCon that you're able to share? I mean, obviously you got stuff that you're not able to share, but... All right. Um... Again, there's, like, so many coming to mind that I can share. I'm like, hmm. Okay, no, all right. This one, this one's a bit... Nah, I don't want to do that one, actually. Jeez, I can't pick. There's too many. So, I'm just going to choose a personal one that leaps to mind, and uh, this is a shout-out to the Round Stable and the Pony Goons, because that's that was, like, my pony community, and that's who I started going to cons with. And when I think of, like, you know, what is my social circle, like, original, it always is them. It was when we all were out in Little Italy in the Inner Harbor and found this place called Joe Squared, that say like Italian, I'm gonna mangle the word, but it's basically like pizza bread place. It's like focaccia or focaccia. Oh, focaccia. Focaccia, yeah, yeah. And um, we walked in there, and just the service was amazing. And we all, a lot of us, got these like bocce ones, and it was or it was called that because it was like a local bocce ball team, and they were actually there at the time as we were ordering their menu items, so that was awesome. And I just remember leaving a stupidly huge tip because I'd had such a good time, at which point the bartender ended up pouring us all a round of shots as we were going out. Mm. And so, you know, that I just have this incredibly fond memory there of, like, that saying, you guys gave us excellent service, here's a huge tip, and them going that's an awesome tip. Here's some extra cool service because this is what we feel makes it even, so to speak. Nice. nice. So yeah, if you're in, when you're in BronyCon, if you want a cool place to eat, I will plug Joe Squared absolutely. Unapologetically, I love them. I am, that is the number one place I am looking forward going back to to eat. And uh, assuming they're not on vacation. And therefore closed because there was one BronyCon they were, and I was devastated. Oh, oh no! You should absolutely go to Joe Squared if you want good, just Italian, delicious pizza bread. Hell yes! And if you do, tell them that one of the chairs of BronyCon sent you. That one I will unabashedly plug. Like, yes, I want you to use my name so that uh, if they tell me, "Oh, hey, we had all these customers come," I'll be like, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> Get that bread. That's what I want to use my horse name for. To get Joe Squared more customers. For pizza. Bread. It's not fuck. Not yeah. Joe Squared. Sorry, Joe Benny's. Joe Benny's. Oh god, I've been saying it wrong this entire time. It's Joe Benny's. <laughs> Joe Squared is a different pizza place that is also great. But Joe, Joe Square just like rubs their hands like yes, yeah, so good. Yeah, need, shout out, but, but, shout, shout out to Joe Benny's. I am so sorry for getting you wrong this entire time. This is now a double endorsement. This next one. Add catalyst hellscape, and I can't stop plugging businesses. Add cast continues. Bro. Bro. Number eight is brought to you by the Jimmy Johns. That's what we'll walk from Romicon. 
<laughs> Out of everything you've done to accomplish, uh, helped to accomplish at PronyCon, what would you like to be remembered for personally? Making people smile. Oh god, that's so wholesome! <laughs> what are you doing here? Hi. I'm one of those people who went into the show like the cynical, I like this and should feel bad about liking it, but I still like it. Yay! And unapologetically now embrace basically like everything sappy that it preaches. I, you know, like it worked. <laughs> Like, like, I got converted wholly to the cause of harmony, so to speak. Mm. I want people to be happy, because why the fuck shouldn't people be happy, you know? Preach. Preach that. Not you, Enigma. Number nine. What would mm. your ideal romantic date be, and who would it be with? Hmm. Alright, alright, let's see. I'm gonna play this one straight up. I would be... at some kind of bar or something, you know, just because I'd gone somewhere to just have a drink and relax a little. And then some... cute girl drops in and buys me a drink. And then I realized I recognized her, and she's some, you know, minor celeb or celebrity, whatever, that I am a fan of, who for whatever reason is totally into me. And yeah, it just hits off and works from there and turns into dream romance. Sappy, whatever. They and as for who it would be, I don't know. You know, like, that's part of the fantasy, in fact, is that if I specifically, like, had someone in mind that would diminish it. She even loves love life. Or was in it. Oh! Look, that, just give it time, we'll have anime waifus as a reality. Anime. Well, see, that's the thing about love life, is, like, the actresses, it's like a hybrid series, so the actresses are way more intensely associated with their characters than, like, you know, um, say one of the pony voice actresses would be with their character. Like, yes, Nicole is Celestia, and, uh, yes, Andrea is, you know, Fluttershy and Pinkie Pie, but, like, it's not the same way that, like, Anton is Chica, as it were. Right. They're far more like that is who they are known for, and that is literally their job. Primarily is to be representing their character and participating in that everything. Japan be weird, yo. No disagreement there. Now, we're gonna go through and try to get through as many of these questions as possible. We do need to kind of start wrapping things Lightning up round. at some cool. point. Uh, but I can't avoid this one because we have the wonderful Rob Cakeman 53 who wrote My Little Dashie here in listening on mute. So we're going to go to number 10. You are in Ponyville, and you have run into the famous Rainbow Dash. As you go to say hi, Dex, she turns around and screams, Rob Cakeman 53 wrote My Little Dashie! <laughs> 
And all at once, thousands of voices start screaming, Monkey Quinn 53 wrote my little dashie. That story's so great, it changed my life. Proclaiming that it is the best fan fiction story. Your head starts to pound as you fall on your knees, your vision going dark. Will you give in to the voices and continue to proclaim along with them that My Little Dashie is the best story ever? Or do you defiantly hold your ground and scream out your own meme? Rob, you motherfucker. What the fuck? I know you are busting a gut right now. I literally am envisioning... <laughs> like rolling back you're almost certainly in some like grungy 70s basement right now because it's totally your aesthetic in like a dad easy leaning back and just going like laughing like a blue collar tv star uh <laughs> you know probably half drunk because i know you but to actually answer the question neither i wouldn't give in but I wouldn't shout out a meme. I would just be like, oh, so that's your favorite story? That's cool. I guess Equestria is, like, really into this fanfic my friend wrote. And <laughs> Look, please tell me that you've got more to yourself than because if it's in Equestria where everyone's that fat, really, Rob, you would send like, I thought we were, thought we were, that's my Okay. Um, now we're going for questions with Violon. Uh, you know what, Tony, you, you have the honors, please sing the jingle. It's time for questions with Violon. Violon, who hurt you? Well, I guess we, my ears, what happened? <laughs> I'm suddenly scared. <laughs> and that's all the questions for Violon. Now we're moving okay. to Jammer. Jammer starts by asking, has the cats been nice to you? Oh my god, they're wonderful people. I love them. Oh my I god. have so many stories about what teddy bears they are, so yes. Oh no. No. Our, whor our reputation is terrible people. No. no, I'm, I'm no, an asshole. No. You met you guys. Sorry, I I thought they met the show cast. Oh no! Oh, thank <laughs> God! Thank God! <laughs> Dude, I got, I got, I got to keep my reputation as a Kanye West of the fandom. Oh, you know, really these people, these people are like nerds. That's the, cool. These people. Too. Yeah. What do you mean, these people? I'm saying I'm hanging out with a bunch of dorks, and I'm cool with that. You're you're one you're one with the dorks now. It's fine. Number one, what's all I, I could call be? My, Go ahead. I call myself a huge dork earlier. Go. On. We are Legion. We are many. What's it like to be a con staff pep? Pep, like P E P. P E P. Yeah. I'm not sure I get the question. I don't get the question either. I think it's peep. The answer is going to be, huh? Perfect. Number two. If you were given 33 drinks of your choice every week, would you give M.A. Larson a place to stay at or near your home? Um, yes. Again, Mitch is like a chill dude. The real question is why he wants to be staying at or around my home because, you know, he has his own life. But, like, if he wants to hang out like that, fuck yeah. Now it's time for our next 
question from Jammer. Are you aware of the OC thing, Pwn? No. Or at least it doesn't leap to mind. Are you aware of John Carpenter's The Thing? Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it looks like a necromorph. Would you hug Thing, Pwn? Would you kiss them goodnight and tell them every little thing's going to be alright? Also, would you... No, I would probably hope that I had a plasma cutter. <laughs> we got some pictures in behind the counter for you as reference. Yeah, I'm, I'm staring at them, and that's why I'm saying that clearly the only way to survive is to cut off their limbs. Yes. I loved Dead Space. What happened to it was a tragedy. Dead Space 3 was garbage. Fuck at EA. Fuck right. EA so hard. Right? Praise, sister, praise. <laughs> Number four. Has the disappointment kicked in yet? Now it has because I'm thinking of Dead Space. I love that. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh. It was like Dead Space 1 was alien. Dead Space, you know, like it was terrifying. I uh, played it on hard, and my rule for myself was if I died, I had to reload from the last save point. No, no you know, quick saves that the game did, which made it actually tense. So, like, I could only take it for 30 or 45 minutes at a time. It was an amazing experience. And then Dead Space 2 was, like, aliens. You're like, I know what I'm fucking getting into this time. Lock and load, bitches. <laughs> and the game knew that. And Dead Space 3 was, like, Alien 3, in which everything good about the franchise died. Yep. Oh, you mean, uh, online multiplayer. Yes. And, yeah. and the fact that, like... Resources. Oh no, it was more like it's a survival horror game in which they allowed you to farm materials. Call of Duty Space Like, edition. like. Why? Why? Look, I'm a munchkin. So, like, they put a system into the game that to me says, hey, you should sit here in min max for the next three hours so you can max out all your weapons right now. And that is shitty game design. And I guarantee Visceral did not want to do it that way. And that was EA fucking with them. Didn't, because uh, Visceral knew game design and EA killed them. Fuck EA. Sorry. Are you saying EA makes bad decisions? I am saying EA has done some... I am saying certain segments of EA have made some very bad decisions because I have friends who do work for them and who are amazing people who do their best to create awesome experiences, you know, for people. To, and, like, the developers and the support staff, the people who actually make the games, you know, all of them, all the praise. Fuck I mean, EA, it's just for the business side that, like, proceeds to crush studios and, you know... <laughs> ruin everything, like, ruin what was a good thing because they were greedy and wanted more. <laughs> okay. If I'm remembering this right, didn't, uh, during the making of, or sometime shortly after, didn't the lead developer of Dead Space 3 just drop out because he was tired of the shit? <sighs> I don't know that specifically. What I do know is that I used to post on a forum in which someone who worked for Visceral and worked on Dead Space also posted, and in the Dead Space thread in particular, they would share stories from time to time. Mm. So, uh, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt. Very but we're, we're on our last minute. Yeah. Ooh, no, we're okay. we're gonna run long because oh, we, we are down for a okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. 
I'm yeah, just I'm saying cool with whatever. If only we knew that EA could have messed up Dead Space, Need for Speed, Wing Commander, Titanfall, Skate, Mass Effect, Command and Conquer, Medal of Honor, Sim Burnout. City, Burnout, mm -hmm. Star Wars yeah. Battlefront, and Anthem only... like so badly. Like it's like they don't know how to make video games. Although I will I will at least give EA one thing that they okay. do right. EA at least knows how to count to three. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, Got him. Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell, you. Jesus Christ. Final question. I love you guys, but come on. Final <laughs> question man. from the thread before we begin to wrap up. The final question comes from Rob Cakerin53, who wrote My Little Dashy. <laughs> I'm acutely aware. When can I get a printed copy of My Little Key Fence? Did I spell that right? Who cares? No, it's Kofense, first off, and Rob did spell it right. Go on. When can you get a printed copy of it? Rob, you know where to find my little Kofense. If you want a printed copy of it, you can make one yourself. I give you permission. But I'm not doing any more fucking work on it. I'm content with what I created. Wonderful. Then For quick context, My Little Kofense was a Twilight Sparkle shitfic card, or rather, Kofense was their, like, special OC who was half zebra, half pony, half dragon, and uh, had a broken horn and many other things, and they, shitfic had a My Little Kofense as part of, like, her backstory, so I actually proceeded to write that uh, and just take their prompt. <laughs> Were they at least black and red? I think in parts she had green too. Kofense is very special and a wonderful, precious flower, and we all love her. No, no bullshit. And in my little Kofense, the earth is destroyed when she leaves for Equestria because she'd united humanity, and without her, humanity promptly fell back into squabbling and a nuclear war ensued, and you know, it, it just happened. Kofense was just that good. Earth was destroyed without her. Rob knows this. He's read it. Wonderful. Well then, obviously, uh, we're just about at the end of our time. Um, if there's any particular questions that people have about BronyCon or they want to ask you personally, um, is there an easy way for them to get in contact with you or a way to ask Khan a question? Sure. So, for me personally, um, there's me on Discord. I'm in the BronyCon Discord server, so... Or there's at Dexanth on Twitter. You can follow me, I guess. That said, if you have a question about BronyCon that is just like a, hey, such and such, like, when do badge sales end, please email that in to info at BronyCon.org. Because while I will answer, or do my best to answer, any BronyCon question directed my way, or at least I will direct you where you should send it, um, I am one person, and yeah, it can get exhausting sometimes if I'm getting poked a lot about general BronyCon questions that don't specifically need to talk to a chair. Totally, totally fair. But if you have, like, uh, yo, hey, uh, I have this super cool idea that I want to put on, and I submitted a panel, but there's a time limit here, you know, kind of thing, that's con business-related, 
that's different. Feel free to message me. Awesome. Then last but not least, we want to make sure that you have time to promote the convention, talk about BronyCon. This is your time, Dex. What do, what do you want to say or, or promote about this year's BronyCon? That this is going to be, I think, the largest gathering of, you know, our fandom family that there will be for some time to come. Hopefully not ever, because in the future I want us to, you know, rise even greater than we've ever been. But I think for the foreseeable future, this is going to be, you know, the biggest party. Like, the last biggest party there is to come. So please come be a part of it if you can. I think that uh, if you're open to having fun and meeting new people and doing fun things together and just, you know making friends and filling that message of what the show is about, about spreading friendship and harmony and all those wonderful sappy things that we believe in because they genuinely do have power. Uh, please come to BronyCon. We welcome you and we want you to be here and be part of our family one last time. You know, let's, let's make magic together, right? Totally. So yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's Sun Bud. Sun Butt! Anime Sun Butt. Well, Dex, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come visit with us. Of course. Thank you for having me on. This was a pleasure. Of course. If Milk was around, I would poke him to ask about who we have for next week, but he's not. So, that's awful. We'll just leave you guys in suspense. But dun, dun, dun. It's a surprise. Until next week, thank you all once again for joining us. Your bartenders for this evening have been enigmatic. We'll talk to you. What did I get a text from Home Depot saying that my order is ready? Flam and Warfare. Well, your fucking order's ready. Ravage. Tell Rob how much my little dashy meant to you. Tony Mon Monica. My God. <laughs> Just Monica, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, our wonderful guest, Dex. Zenzoku Zenshin, Yosoro! Chichi Yosimasai. My name is Father Priest. We'll see you next week. On Dragon Ball Z.